0: Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> All right, and we are live with the wonderful Precog Vision as usual. No Tyler today, um, he's busy, but we have as our guest, super review. So um, what we're gonna do is, uh, I got a bunch of questions for him and then I figure afterwards we'll, uh, we'll get into the chat and uh, do some Q and A. See, Kryn's in the chat. Apparently, he's nocturnal. <laughs> mean a.m. there. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that he's got us, you know, the, the live stream up on his TV on his wall. And he's just, you know, <laughs> getting some headphone show in before bed. Um, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess uh, my first question for you, Super, um, is... Uh, how, like, first of all, who are you? <laughs> how, How? Uh, you know, how did you get into, you know, reviewing? Um, and yeah, just sort of what's your background in, I guess, the headphone world?
1: Sure. Um, I, so my name is Mark Ryan Salee. Uh, I live in California, San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I've been here for actually about almost 17 years now. Wow. That almost makes me feel like a native, but... <clears throat> Um, the audio stuff, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat of a newbie into, to be honest. And, and even like starting this YouTube channel, Super Reveal, uh, was kind of the start of my audio journey, you could say. Um, I had before that, you know, uh, I think I had a pair of Grado SR80s that I had bought like maybe 2011 and that for me was kind of like my first foray into hi-fi, uh, I still actually like the Grados, but I know that they are uh, they're they're a bit of a um, acquired taste, I suppose. Um, but maybe that's where my my base light preferences come from. And Grados definitely not the baseiest headphone. But anyway, for you know years, I had those Grados and I was happy with them, and I just kind of had in my mind the the fact that there was no reason for me to have more than one headphone so like every once in a while I would see people talking about oh the m50x um this is the audiophile headphone I'm like ah, it doesn't make sense for me to buy another headphone um and then I think a bunch of people at work ended up getting the m50x's and I heard them I'm like I don't actually like this <laughs> um and I, I think that got me a little bit curious to just like try more headphones and so uh, I also had a coworker at the time that would come into work with a different pair of Bluetooth headphones every day. I was like, oh, maybe it's okay to have more than one headphone. Um, <laughs> but I started to justify it to my wife, uh, for whom you know buying more than one headphone doesn't make a ton of sense. So uh, right. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna do reviews on, on YouTube. Um, and that's kind of how, how the channel started. I mean, I had been doing YouTube before that actually, like a photography-based channel um that i was doing for a few years uh, but i'd kind of fallen out of photography um, and i still wanted to do youtube i still wanted to kind of be uh, kind of have like this productive function in my evenings that wasn't spent uh, doom scrolling on twitter which at the time (laughs) 2017 i think was around when i started super review at the time twitter started just not being a fun place to be Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I, I wanted something else to do and i was like all right I'll, I'll start reviewing just the the random dumb stuff i buy on amazon which uh, at the time i was interested in bluetooth headphones but that kind of turned in it, it snowballed out of control
0: right so i i mean i think that's a, a unique uh, it's it's unique in the headphone world. It's funny. i talking to a lot of other reviewers. They sort of fell into it through the the gaming world, right? And then they, mm. you know, eventually kind of moved into it because that was their you know primary use for headphones. And then they realized that there's another level to the headphones that they could get, and you know the sound quality that they could get. Um, that's I mean that's in many ways kind of how I fell into it as well. But um, interesting. You've been I mean you've been doing this now for three what three years? You said 2017. Yeah
1: yeah i think that was when i started the channel
0: yeah is this sort of like your your main thing or
1: is this just on the side or oh yeah, yeah this is very much on the side I, yeah. I i you know nine to five work a a, a fairly typical job in product management sort of uh, in, the, in the internet web space
0: cool yeah um it's it's uh, awesome what you've done with the channel i mean it's in just three years it's uh i think you're what at over forty thousand subscribers now it's uh
1: yeah yeah it's weird too the way that the subscriber count goes up i mean in a lot of ways so like i would say in the past year i've kind of just fully committed myself to audio Mm because while the channel started with me you know reviewing bluetooth headphones um i think i mentioned i was really just gonna review just whatever random stuff i bought so i was reviewing smartphones a lot or um, other tech gadgets uh, and frankly that kind of stuff drives subscriptions more than audio which maybe is not too surprising
0: yeah no it, it makes a certain amount of sense i mean uh, just uh i was even just yeah, like stro-
1: max videos like
0: yeah yeah doing crazy well
1: <laughs> right now yeah. Yeah. but yeah
0: you did some some phone reviews that i saw and of course those ones have tons of tons of views it's it's no wonder that like the MKBHDs of the world and like the tech tubers are focused on that kind of stuff. So
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one that that actually still surprises me, the that blew up probably was my first big video was my Walkman A forty five review. Oh, really? Interesting. Which I'm sure there are more people have watched that video than have ever bought a Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, at least at least in like the last five years.
0: Yeah interesting i mean probably also in part because the walkman has such a a name it's behind nostalgia it nostalgia yeah it too i think
2: <laughs> yeah, even i had one of them like,
0: buy a walkman yeah. in 2020 for you know i guess well now 2021 for a thousand dollars exactly uh, It's a bit exactly yeah, everybody remembers the, the you know small <laughs> um but actually i wanted to say like on the the style of your reviews one of the things that i really appreciate is they're very, and maybe you don't think about this, but they're very uh, friendly. Um, And it's, it's a bit weird because in this world, in this space, There seems to be a trend for people who talk from position of knowledge about audio. There's sort Mm. of an authoritative way that they that they do that. And you obviously have now a lot of experience with a ton of different stuff, but you've maintained that sort of kind of friendly live, you know, the hey, let's just talk about, you know, the the experience. Um, Is that something that you're sort of consciously doing or is it just, you know, the person
1: that you are? Uh, I think it's, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think, like I mentioned, like the YouTube channel is kind of my start into like really learning about audio. And I knew, like I went into it knowing that there is this is a world that I do not know anything about. And I'm happy to talk about it as a person that doesn't know anything about it and just kind of learning, um, learning things. Like I knew what I like to hear, yeah. but the language around describing it, why a thing was doing a thing, how it should sound, like that kind of stuff... Um, it is very much you know thing I was learning for at least a couple of years doing the channel. Now I, I'm you know obviously I still I still feel like I'm learning all the time, but I I, I do feel uh, more confident talking you know using audiophile terms et cetera et cetera and and I'm assuming that the thing I'm describing is going to be roughly the way that you would describe it um, or hear it uh, on your end. So mm-hmm. um, so part of it comes from that you know the, the learning. I think part of it also comes from when I was doing photography um, a, a, as a YouTube channel I feel like I kind of fell into uh, a bit of and I, I think you see this I, I don't think I was unique to me um, maybe I'm just deflecting but uh, I, I kind of fell into just saying what other people were saying about things like I, I might make an assessment about something that I don't know it's just it's very, it's very easy to do that and I yeah. wanted to I don't know I kind of found myself like looking back at some older content I've done, I'm like, I don't know if I, if I, if I would support that anymore.
2: Yeah, uh, I totally feel that too. I know when I first yeah. started out, I was constantly looking at other people's impressions and seeing how they would line up with my own, because mm-hmm. I don't personally have a good basis at, at that point in time. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's, right. it's interesting, even among like all the other different reviewers that we like, there's definitely reviewers who, you know, we don't take as seriously because we know it's not it's not as you know honest of a opinion but they are among the people who we do you know take seriously um there's disagreement there as well and it's right. it's fun to sort of see how people had those different impressions and where they came from i mean even precog and i will have differing opinions on on iems like he's not a fan of the campfire bar <laughs> for example and i can understand why um and i i while it's not my personal preference either i think there's an audience for it um i like to call it the uh the the
2: boomer audio boomer audience yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's totally fair too i totally get that as well man it's just all about being able to respect others opinions when it comes to this stuff
0: exactly and that's that that seems also to be kind of like um i'm just contrasting it with you know again those more like authoritative takes where it's almost like a matter of like ego and pride where people are like, I know more about, you know, when it comes to audio, I know things. (laughs) Like all that stuff is just, it's, it's nice when that stuff kind of just falls away and you realize that like people can have different impressions and, uh, and it makes that, you know, friendly style kind of all the more important. Um, Actually, I wanted to ask, you you mentioned, you brought up a bunch of like audiophile learning about all the audiophile terms and stuff like that. I think that, tends to be a bit of a sore point for a lot of people who maybe aren't as like steeped in the rhetoric. And um, you, as you've said, you've gone through the process of like m- trying to make sense of these. And now you're using them a little bit more you know, regularly, more commonly. And I'm in a process right now where I'm, like, so for example, I'm trying to evaluate this. This is the Ampson and sound Kenzie amplifier behind me. And I'm trying to evaluate this. And, like, normally I try to anchor my evaluations impressions to things that are a little bit more, like, grounded than, you know stridency like I, as an example right and I'm, mm. I'm struggling so hard because the only words that I can come up with are these typical audiophile terms because maybe because the seed's already been planted there in my mind I'm like okay that's supposed to be correlated with this but terms like sweetness and euphony and you know all the rest of this stuff that doesn't really have as much you know grounding um, as you know something where we can look at a you know, frequency response chart um, I, I'm I'm almost left kind of at a loss for how else to describe these things because you know unless we're just you know holding up charts and data and stuff like that, which even in this case seems impossible, that's mm-hmm. sort of all we all we really have is metaphors um but I mean I suppose that's not really a question it's more just an observation but um do you think that i mean like one of the challenges or one of the potential wins for reviewers is trying to find ways of of, I guess, transcending these audiophile terms? Or is this just something that we all have to get on board with eventually?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that it's necessarily a problem to use these terms. I think um, there's some of them I still don't know what they mean. Like you mentioned sweetness. I have no idea what someone (laughs) means when they're describing uh, a sound as being sweet or emotional.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. But even something like texture,
1: right? Or like, (laughs) hmm. you know? I think texture is one I use. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a couple of challenges in that, and that, you know, one, we all have different anatomy and we hear things slightly differently. Um, There's just the fact that this language of describing audio is, uh, it's learned and it's particular to audio. And if you're not used to describing audio or if your frame of reference is just the M50Xs, like, how do I tell you what something else sounds like? If that's, it's like, it's like, it's congested, kind of closed <laughs> in, in your mind. It's like, this is the best sounding thing I've ever heard. And it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. um, well, it's, it's difficult. I don't think that it's necessarily bad to to have this language. Uh, and, it, and like you pointed out, like I'm, I am adopting more of it. Um, but just to be mindful of when you're communicating with someone, like they might not have that common mm-hmm. ground.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you mentioned congested, and and that's a perfect way of describing the <laughs> M50x. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, we were just talking about. I'm wearing the HD650s, and you got the HD600s, and you're definitely on the uh, HD600 train. Um, is I there don't. any particular reason, or you just you just happen to love that headphone? Or
1: uh, it's the granite pattern, really? Oh, specifically the, like no, the marble no. top. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, so I actually uh, I work with a guy um, who happened to have been into audio much longer than i was he had a a pretty big library of headphones and stuff in it Um, and he was kind enough to bring that stuff into the office and let me test it and i knew the sennheiser hd uh, 600s and the 6xx were both like pretty popular among audiophiles and so he brought in the 6xx the 600s and the 58x as well Mm -hmm. um and I spent some time listening to all three of them. And for me, the, yeah, the 600 was, was the standout. Like that was the one that I wanted to keep going back to. And I was like, I've already got plenty of headphones, but I got to buy that one.
0: <laughs> Fair um,
1: enough. Yeah, I, I, it's the mid-range, the mid-range texture yeah. and the forwardness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, actually pre now getting into uh, over your headphones as well, so we'll have to.
2: Yeah, we wee yeah. bit. <laughs>
1: yeah, you got the, eight, the HD 800s now or 800s?
2: Yeah, the 800S here right now, but the my, my amp broke down, actually. Oh, so. no. are <laughs> <Let's laughs> running out it. of the, the DX160, so I Ooh. don't think that's exactly ideal.
0: Probably not. I mean, yeah, you know, HD100S, it, it's only okay, you know. You only went for, like, the, the highest yeah, end yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um
2: They got to follow up with something for the HD100S, man. I'm just, like, waiting. Well, It's, it's been their yeah. standard for, like, how many years now?
0: uh it's been the yeah gosh i don't even know um 10 years at least right oh maybe not yeah. the he 800s because the h800 at least 10 years oh yeah okay yeah that's true. but the h800s would have been l- less than that um somebody in the chat can let us know exactly when that came out um, jamie look that up <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> uh normally yeah it's too bad we don't have tyler on here because i do that um no, we got to have the Chronicle X Sennheiser HG 850 coming out. That's the name. Oh, new. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> Don't, somebody's going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but yeah. Sennheiser
1: uh, stonks. Yeah.
0: Uh, Tyler says uh, food descriptions are the way in audio. <laughs> oh, I cringe as as well. Yeah. I, I think it's just sort of going back to that, like, you know, the metaphors and stuff like that. Like, I think we have to use metaphors. This is just sort of my personal take on it. Like, I think at some point we have to, because, you know, there's no other way to sort of anchor this to familiar experiences in other categories. And I love actually that you did the photography stuff before, because in so many ways, like I love to use like, um, like optic um, references as like descriptors for things like detail versus resolution. Um, because like, humans are more visually oriented than anything else right mm-hmm. um and so it's much easier to sort of like draw the comparison there with visual stuff and i even just like you know yeah. a term like resolution we know that that is something that makes sense in the visual space right and dr- drawing that analogy to to something in the audio world i mean regardless of like how we define it they- there is some sort of sense of that, like you know, image fidelity being better in the visual space, and now we get better fidelity in the audio space when we have better, you know, resolution, or you know, uh, sharpness and detail, or something like that. Right? I'm sure that you know we can slice it any different way, but um, it's nice that we can have that frame of reference.
1: Yeah, um, uh, a, s- a set of terms I've started using. I don't know if they're actually helpful, but uh, they're not unique to me. But that I've carried over from the photography world is like the concept of macro contrast and micro contrast. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, like for me, macro contrast is just like the, it's like taking the the contrast slider in Lightroom (laughs) and just boosting it up. Right. Uh, And, and micro contrast is more about the perception of the the details and and the finer bits.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's um, another word for that? I mean, they, They've always described like um, micro contrast as like image fidelity, but um, I think is isn't local contrast another term for that? Yeah, where it's like the smaller, much smaller, finer uh, contrast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff because this is why I always use like the more shades in the gradient means you know is better than fewer shades in the gradient. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of stuff. Um, yep. uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. Precog, what's your sort of what's your thoughts on on audio filter? I'm gonna put you on the spot now. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, sure. Well, like you said, I do think that there is a sort of a necessity to appeal to people who maybe don't have as much experience with the with all these terms. Um, and being able to lay out the groundwork, and then slowly, I think you can sort of maybe build up on that and um, introduce more nuanced terms and lingo that goes with the hobby. But yeah, there is definitely a balance that you have to strike like with anything else to it. And yeah. It's I, I know from firsthand experience, and I'm sure we all know from first hand experience the difficulty when you're
1: first starting out of getting used to all these terms.
0: <laughs> well and, and i'll right, and oh, go
1: ahead. I was just gonna say and like realistically you have to consider that the people that you're talking like if you wanna if you want your audience to just be people that have as much frame of reference as you as a reviewer, like that's a very narrow audience. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And this is something I'm like, I'm discovering as well is that like no matter how much effort I put into trying to, you know, create educational stuff or just even just how I use terms, there's inevitably going to be people who don't think of it that way. So you know, there's just there's no way to sort of reach everybody. And just because just because you know you've said something once doesn't mean that you're finished (laughs) saying that, (laughs) Um, which can be a bit a bit challenging at times. But actually, I wanted to mention it. Both you know Precog and I use um, we use measurement systems. And for your reviews, um, Super, I've always I've actually always been impressed with the accuracy of your descriptions when you're just you know when you're talking about like base mids and treble and that kind of stuff. But do you, you know, rely on measurements at all? Do you put sock in measurements, or is this something you just don't care about at all?
1: No, uh, no, I do, I do, I do definitely look at measurements a lot. You know, I rely on Critical's website yeah, yeah. Uh, for for looking at that stuff most of the time. That said, I do, I do have a an IEC. Uh, I have a couple so I'll do measurements for myself. Um, there have been a couple of videos where like if i just want to do like an unboxing video it's not that interesting because i I can't tell you what this thing sounds like unless i spend some time listening to it right so i'll i have incorporated measurements into like those videos to to give people some sense but um so yes i do look at measurements um, they definitely inform my interpretation of the audio, but I think there's also a risk that measurements can over inform mm-hmm. your interpretation. And a lot of the times, like if you rely on the measurement too much one, you might end up describing a thing in a way that a person who's not familiar with measurements won't be able to interpret, mm-hmm. but I think also there's, uh, there's a lot lost in, I mean, measurements they'll show you the frequency response and the tonality. Uh, but there's, there's a lot more to the audio. That's not really captured there. And if that's all you describe one, you're not doing much better than just going to critical's website and (laughs) clicking on a graph, but you're yeah, you're probably you're, there's also the possibility that, that you're describing a thing that is being recorded by a device that might not actually be perceived by a human, or at least your, your anatomy
0: especially for overhead headphones, because the yeah. coupling is... We know what the coupling is in given conditions when it's on the device, right? At least ideally. But we don't know what that coupling is going to be for every single person. And, you know, this is something actually where I'd, I'd love to do more research on it, but you know how, like we say, that, you know, people have different... T- people hear things differently. We have, they have different perceptions and impressions of things. And I think one of the reasons for this, one of the most significant reasons for this is probably... Um, due to the coupling differences that we have. You know, even just something as simple as the driver being a little bit further adif- further away from the ears um, or closer or whatever, right? Because the clamp is different. That, I think, can have a, a pretty significant impact. Um, and um, so, I mean, you know, we might know what it looks like in the conditions of it being on the rig, but we don't right. know what that's going to translate to when the conditions are on that specific person's head, <laughs> Right. Um, So I think that's that. But as you're saying, the other thing is like there is definitely a limitation as far as like, you know, speaking to people about measurements who A, don't don't care. But B, it's it's like you you have to go through that whole process of education for every single person (laughs) every time you do it, um, Mm -hmm. where there's there's, you know, it's nicer if we can just sort of give descriptions of what the experience is like, because that's what a wider segment of the audience cares about. Um, but that's yeah that's just another sort of observation <laughs> um, yeah for sure yeah do you use um, EQ at all when you're doing your uh, just personal listing
1: pretty rare pretty rare for me to use EQ part of it is like um, I don't I jump between different sources yeah right I, I use portable sources a lot which just don't have very fine grained EQ options a lot of the time um, so that's part of it and then part of it too is I hate like forgetting that i left an eq on switching oh, yeah. headphones and then like oh this <laughs> this is weird <laughs> listening to it you're like what is going on and yeah. oh, i left the eq on like I, I hate that so uh that's part of it if i was like dedicated to one device and one headphone mm-hmm. like i would i don't have any sort of uh philosophical qualms with eq mm-hmm. uh, but just kind of like as a practical thing for me i don't i don't really do it
0: yeah um, I always find for IEMs, like I just don't, it's like, uh, there's, there are some exceptions, like the tin HiFi P2 is one that because it's like a, there's no way that is a portable device. Like that is a desktop or, you know, like <laughs> with an amplifier, like it, it requires crazy amounts of power. Um, and uh, for those situations, I don't mind because I would never take it portably, but for any of the stuff like IEMs or any portable headphones, I just, I don't, uh, I don't bother, but. Actually, Precog, I forget if I've asked you this. Do you do, you do EQ? Nope.
2: No nope. Okay. <laughs> No EQ gang here. No. <laughs> I'm with enough. Tyler on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, so yeah. if I had headphones and I listened to them at my desktop all day, yeah, yeah, right. I don't mind using EQ. But with ions it's kind of, I don't yeah. know, feels off a
1: little bit why is that so you both said the that that it's different for you with I am sorry I don't mean become the interviewer but no, no, by all means. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> no, but it's as you I said guess... it's
0: it's the portable use case yeah, of yeah. you know devices and things like that and I know wavelet for Android is like it's better for this but I I just find it's like it all comes down to the interface and convenience for me um, mm-hmm. also the Fact that we're in a pandemic means I've just been walking around outside less, <laughs> so um, you know, in in general, not not wanting to worry about that inconvenience, um, which
2: I totally yeah convenience understand. factor is yeah. the big one. Like I I don't even know if there's a good EQ on iOS really because it doesn't yeah, even sure. sync up with what I use for my uh, listening mainly on Apple Music. So yeah. it's just like,
0: you know. The portable device that has the best EQ functionality that I've seen is this ES100. Maybe there's better than Oh apps, really? But the ES100. There's uh. Well, actually, uh, again, I don't know about iOS, but there's an app for the for this mm-hmm. that's absolutely fantastic, and you get all the customizability you would want.
2: And I'll have to check that out. Yeah, that
0: is really interesting.
2: <laughs> there's also
1: the cutelix that oh, yeah, has that's right. yeah. i think very similar functionality i don't i don't use i have the s100 i don't really use it very much but oh. the cutelix has the peq parametric so Perfect. you yeah. get a little mm. bit a little bit better control yeah. if you know what you're doing which i don't
0: but see that's what i i i maybe this is just sort of is telling for like the way that i use and appreciate technology but like i love it if the option is there you know like i don't care if it's like, okay, buried in, you know, whatever settings. I just want there to be the option to do this. Because mm-hmm. it it feels like there are so many times when, you know, the devices are just like not set up for that where it's like, now nah, most people aren't gonna want to use that and they don't know how to use that, you know, even if they even if it was there, which is true. But at the very least they should just include something there for the people who do want to.
2: <laughs> is this
0: is this you
1: saying why you're not an Apple user? <laughs>
0: uh in, in part but also even i was actually more specifically thinking about like yeah. daps and stuff like that because like there are daps like the um oh uh, aslan kern that have built-in eq uh stuff but then there's also daps out there that have nothing and i just think to myself why <laughs> you know like even if i even if i personally wouldn't use it because again for for most daps i probably don't i probably wouldn't even use it even with the NK stuff but just because of the use case right inconvenience but I like the option if it were there, right? And I'm just thinking about the people who they only have a DAP and they have portable headphones or IEMs, you know, that would make it a lot (laughs) easier. But um, at the same time, like I always struggle with this. I struggle with balancing a recommendation based on how it sounds with my EQ versus the realistic Mm -hmm. situation of most people not using Mm -hmm. EQ. Um, And then you have headphones like the Odyssey LCD 2 and whatnot, where I think is a requirement and i don't really know how to approach that yet i'm still sort of figuring that out
1: (laughs) i mean i i I think as as long as you're you know honest and transparent with what your recommendation is it's like i love this headphone but i use it with eq i think that's (laughs) the person on the other end of it can make whatever sense they need to
0: i think the the counter argument is that uh in theory, every headphone that has a weird frequency response, the answer could be: this is a great headphone if you EQ it. That's <laughs> my my conclusion. Oh. All headphones are good if you use EQ. <laughs> That's actually not true, but <laughs> That's not. yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I have uh, some more questions for you. Might as well get into. But um, yeah, you've been as you're saying as you're saying you've been doing this for three years now, and you've experienced. You know a fairly wide range of stuff um do you if you were to like point to like your favorite headphone experience like maybe a head headphone off of a specific amplifier or a DAC or like an IEM you know a specific IEM that you loved like what would what would your favorite headphone experience be so far uh
1: like what was my favorite moment in time that I experienced yeah. the headphone and what were okay oh. both both
0: so just like if you could you know <laughs> okay
1: uh, I mean, that's 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 a tough one for me to answer. Um, hmm. Maybe the first time I I heard the Grados, like honestly, like it's, it's not a, it's a headphone I still own. It's not a headphone I use often uh, anymore, but um, I remember getting that headphone, and I had previously like random, you know, occasionally tried experiencing or getting other headphones and just generally being disappointed the grado was like the first headphone i was like oh this is different and i think it was my first open back headphone honestly
0: right right um and if you like now thinking about all the stuff that you've listened to since then um Mm -hmm. is there anything that stands out or would you say just the hd 600 and (laughs) that experience
1: yeah, I mean, there's other things that's fun that are fun. The HD six hundred is like honestly the headphone I still keep coming back to. Yeah, um, it, it doesn't do bass the strongest, but for me, that's not my priority. And like the parts that it does do well mm-hmm. are generally the, the things that um, that I like the best. So.
0: Fair enough. Do you are you somebody who um, focuses on? Let's say trying to get it to be neutral for your ideal experience or your version, whatever you know, neutral is. Or you know, are you someone who enjoys the more flavor-oriented stuff? Generally, I
1: prefer a neutral sound, but it's not like for me. It's I know for a lot of people, it's like this pursuit of some sort of objective Mm -hmm. truth, or it's not that for me. Uh, For me, it's just much more about. I think a lot of the music I like uh, is around vocals and vocal vocal tracks and Mm -hmm. um, a lot of female vocals so a lot of the a lot of my audio preferences I think lean toward that
0: yeah so actually that's another big point is like how the the genres and the types of music I know that there's like some theory out there that all it shouldn't matter on the genre right and headphones should be just the headphones and you know it should be good for all music which maybe but like I always find that like because i have such a weird taste and like you know different styles and i'm not just you know pinned to one genre i i tend to you know switch it up just just for you know the stuff that i listen to classic rock with is not going to be the stuff that i listen to jazz or you know acoustic Mm -hmm. with so i do think it has some sort of influence um for uh, if you could review like any headphone like is there something that sticks out that you like on your list for 2021 that you're like i really want to you know try that out or even if you, even if it's not to review but just like to 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 try it <laughs> uh,
1: that's an interesting question i mean i know there's a a, a number of iams i'm interested in trying like the 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 sony um the the m9 the uh the z1r i'm interested in trying some of that high-end stuff uh, actually through precog um, shout out the have been able to hear, hear some like 64 audio stuff, which I hadn't heard before. Yeah. Um, so recently heard the U12T, which is as good as people oh, yeah. say. <laughs> Did you hear Precept? Um... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then you he also um, heard the Earl Connig and the Odin and the, uh... oh, wow. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, and, like, and, uh... Go ahead. I just went over with like a crap ton of like $8,000 worth of IMs <laughs> and I just like slapped them out.
0: Yeah. Just casually, yeah. Just in your backpack, you know, walking. Yeah, yeah. That
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, was definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. And
1: and it was, you know, satisfying in the sense that like most of the stuff I listened to is not that expensive. But also in a sense, like the so of all the IMs that you brought over that day, so there was the the U twelve T, I think the Neo,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the Earl Koenig you mentioned, and the Odin. Uh, the U12T was, frankly, the only one that I heard. I was like, oh, I kind of, I kind of want to spend this kind of money to buy this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other, the other ones, like, okay. frankly, I was like, I can see, you know, I can see that they're doing things technically better than some other things. But like, even the Odin, I felt like tonally, I was like, I don't, I don't really think I could enjoy this that much. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely wouldn't spend. I don't know. What is it like, thirty eight hundred dollars or something like saying? that? Uh, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. To me.
0: I have a similar kind of opinion on on a lot of that stuff where. Um, I I get it. Like the rationale from a manufacturer is probably if they make something that they think is the best period, then there's justification for pricing it at whatever ridiculous mm. price there is. But personally, as like a somebody who buys audio stuff, I would never spend that kind of money on. IA. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's insane to me. The U12T is different, I think, because you know it's so versatile and it, to me, it is kind of like the end game IEM still, like even after, you know, all this time having yeah. other IEMs that come out that maybe technically perform better in, you know, one area or another, the tuning of the U12T just is so agreeable that yeah, it's uh, it's the one that kind of like is different from all those other ones, in my opinion. Um, but it yeah, yeah. was
1: definitely stand out. Yeah. But so I guess maybe to answer your question another way, like you asked, you know, what are the things I'm looking forward to? Yeah. Honestly, not particularly. Um, like,
0: <laughs> There's nothing that you're, you've got your eyes on for for this coming year.
1: Yeah, maybe I'm just not paying enough attention to what's what's on the horizon. I mean, I'm interested in trying anything new. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't... It's hard for me to get excited about things, I guess, until impressions start coming in. Right. And you hear someone talking about something. Like, oh, you got to hear this. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: Um, I suppose, speaking of the, you know, stuff coming out for this year um you know a lot of a lot of stuff it seems like even in the like high end audiophile space um there's a push from a lot of manufacturers to you know cross over to the wireless or noise cancelling you know more consumer focused stuff um well, i don't know they're probably not trying to make it more consumer focused but they're trying to build in some of the convenience aspects of that with you know the high quality high you know good sound quality stuff And I wanted to get your take on where you think the industry is heading with this. I mean, not just that, but also stuff like, for example, many headphones coming out at lower impedances to be more efficient and easier to drive, much to the, you know, uh, distaste of all the audiophiles who have ridiculous amps and stuff like that. Um, You know, do you, uh, yeah, I guess, where do you see the industry going in, you know, over the next like five years?
1: Okay. Wow. I'll I'll say I definitely have not put much thought into that uh, <laughs> Sorry, ahead put of you time. On the spot. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, on the on the topic of it, of uh, Bluetooth, it, the way that you're describing it just kind of like stood out to me as like it. There's some parallels with uh, you could say like the auto industry and electrification of cars, right? It's like there's these uh, more traditional car manufacturers, Toyota, Ford, et cetera, et cetera, that know they have to do this because kind of inevitably this is the future and right. i think that is probably the case with wireless audio um but you know v1 v2 maybe v5 are not going to be comparable to the thing that it's replacing
2: right um, right
1: mean, meanwhile there's always the risk of a tesla popping up and showing you that it's not just as good it's actually better in a lot of ways than what you're used to and i don't think that's happened in the audio space yet i don't think there's anything bluetooth that you know, blows away the HD eight hundred, but maybe maybe that's possible. Yeah. I think we're gonna have to get past L for that to be possible. But
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've I said this before, but I think Odyssey is well positioned to do this more so than anybody else because they are they're really trying. And I think um, I mean, they've got uh, the Mobius and the Penrose now. Um, I I still don't think that those would be like if they were to come out with like a noise cancelling one, I still don't think that the experience would be better than the HD 800, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, it, it is an interesting parallel with the, yeah, with the automotive industry with, um, as you're saying, like right now, all the stuff that's out, like even like the AirPods Max or the, the, um, you know, Bose and Sony and stuff, or actually I have here the wonderful Drop Panda, <laughs> which is one of the least detailed headphones I've ever come across. Have you had a chance to hear it?
1: Also, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I actually got one a couple weeks ago. I this I don't know, this is one where like everything about it is so excellent, like as far as the form factor and like convenience. And then I listened to it and I was like, how maybe I uh, maybe you have a different opinion. I don't I don't wanna like yeah. you know color anything, but like man, it just when I hear that, I think there's still distance. I there's still some or even not just that, I shouldn't rag on that too much in this, but um all of those noise-canceling headphones, like, you know, the um, QC35s of the world, um, mm-hmm. even though this isn't noise-canceling, but the wireless stuff, the feature-rich stuff, um, none of it has been able to actually get there yet. Um,
1: yeah, there's and there's a number of compromises and things that, that make it difficult. I mean, the fact that it's a closed-back headphone, at least for, for me, starters, like that, yeah. it, that instantly lowers my expectations. Yeah. Um, but... It, I also just kind of have like a counter thought to, you know, I described Bluetooth as sort of the inevitable reality or wireless at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but another big challenge is, you know, it, maybe it's not just the bit rate of LDAC or Bluetooth codecs or anything like that. There's also the fact that all the the DAC and the amplification has to happen inside the, the ear cup of the thing you're wearing.
0: It's physically um, constrained as far as size for that as well.
1: Right, so you're not just comparing this headphone and the bit rate of the audio versus you know a desktop setup, but you're comparing the amp- little itty bitty amplifiers in here yep. to <laughs> potentially goofy desktop setups, tubes, et cetera, et cetera, so.
0: Yeah, well, uh, you probably won't get the tube experience, at least. <laughs> oh, just wait. <laughs> strapping tubes to the. Cayenne <laughs> will make a, yeah. a, a headphone with,
1: with tubes poking out the sides. Yeah. It might be a little warm, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but I was, I was going to say that, you know, there's, there's also now like Hi-Fi Man's solution to this where they just, <clears throat> I mean, it's a really niche thing I, I find with the open back. Um, and they do have the closed back now, sorry, it's behind me there, but with the open back wireless thing and then the blue mini, and as much as like, uh, the products themselves that have come out with this, well, like I said specifically the Deva and the R10, um, they, to me, like, I don't think they've been huge successes or anything, but in principle, the idea of we'll just put on this little adapter thing to make wireless possible so we don't have to incur these these challenges uh, that we would normally would when trying to put it into the headphone itself. And to me, there's something elegant about that, uh, even though, yeah, I know it's cheating. <laughs> it's not technically a wireless headphone. It's like wireless capable. Um, but you know, given the constraints that exist acoustically, that is, um, an interesting approach, I think.
1: Right. Um, And, and kind of back to that car analogy. Like, I think that's, that's like them figuring out different, like, that's why they have to do this stuff. Now they have to figure out what is, what is, what does hyphen look like in 10 years when everything is wireless, you got to do the baby steps. Right. Um, Right. And, and, (laughs) yeah. And I, I do also like that idea of the external amp and Bluetooth mm-hmm. module. Cause not only do you avoid the challenges of, you know, one ear cup having slightly different internal acoustics. Um, it's now also upgradable,
0: right? Yeah. That's like if point. they come yeah. out
1: with a new module, yeah. they can improve the amplification. They can improve, improve, improve the blue test. Jesus, the Bluetooth. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Without you having to buy a new headphone and it makes it a little bit more future-proof.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm just hoping that they, you know, put it into better headphones, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if they can do like a Sandara or I don't know, just, you know, hi-fi Man, or something like that, which they probably
1: <laughs> can't yet, but <laughs> one day maybe. I'd um, say why not? I guess yeah. it depends. It's all down to the power output capabilities yeah. of that unit.
0: And actually the blue mini is surprisingly powerful uh, because the <laughs> Deva does, if you just wire the Deva up, it's, um, it takes, it does take power, like not that much, but you know, an app is still a good idea. Um, But also, I I wanted to mention that, like, there's what Odyssey has been doing with DSP. And you mentioned, you know, the the asymmetry of um, certain headphones like the uh, Sony XM4 and many of these these ones that have the sort of like sensing stuff or like the smart features. And Mm -hmm. that those sensors require an asymmetry in the in the cups Um, and even just the electronics in general require an asymmetry. And that leads to, yeah channel imbalances and weird stuff showing up in the fr that then gets fixed by the electronic you know the dsp and stuff like that um actively um and that's another interesting idea that kind of goes back towards the automotive comparison which which would be you know like maybe maybe like in the self-driving aspect of it or i don't know just something like that where like there's some way of optimizing the tuning and frequency response um you know electronically um but actually, I've, I was even, I think that's a really interesting and complicated question. And this is another reason why I think um, Odyssey is sort of on the forefront of that, because they're already kind of doing that with like their cipher cables and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, what the next step is there.
1: Um, yeah, it's also it kind of brings up like that that purist uh, debate of is, you know, is DSP um a a good thing or a bad thing Uh, right is 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 there some some quality that's worth preserving in (laughs) in that raw analogness right and and i think that carries over in the the audio world as well um i like i i or sorry the auto world not the audio world the (laughs) car world um you know the electric cars may be the future but they don't have manual stick shifts and it's like that's yeah definitively slower and worse and it's more work (laughs) Yeah, worse on, on fuel like economy. Sports, <laughs> right. With but sports, people, of, like,
2: everybody wants manual stick shift. It's just part you know. of what the experience and all that that you want to keep. But, uh, right.
0: There's always going to be those the purists out there. I mean, we still have people who are into vinyl and uh, analog everything. And and yeah, even yeah. though, you know, um, there's, you know, we're now at a completely different age as far as like digital streaming for music and stuff like that goes, right? And then music availability, that, it, it's, it's not enough to convince people that you know, <laughs> who are really, you know, f- firmly entrenched in that in the uh, you know, fully analog world. So um, mm-hmm. there's always, I think, going to be going to be purists. But I can absolutely see the like the I guess the overall like demographic of the, the audience that are into headphones, wired headphones with amplifiers growing smaller. And that is a bit of a concern for me because I think that's still where the best experiences are. So, I wouldn't.
1: I mean, maybe I'm a purist in that sense. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I I, I probably am in in my own ways, you know, not necessarily dogmatically or sort of as a a philosophical thing. It's just like my preferences. I have a a manual stick shift car because that to me feels like driving. That's what (laughs) driving is. Yeah. 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 I I have a
0: manual stick shift car because I can't afford anything else, but.
1: Um, there's the, That used to be the case. Yeah. I, there was a car I bought where the manual actually cost more.
2: Yeah, oh. manuals cost more nowadays on some yeah. cars.
1: Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, um, I wanted to get back to IEMs a little bit. Um, there's the, the true wireless um, earbud conversation. Um, that, I, I do think, has made a pretty big change. I mean, even the last few years... Uh, in many people's lives where um, the convenience of even to, uh, something like the AirPods Pro or, you know, the Galaxy, whatever the TWS of uh, those is, um, the convenience of that, I think, is something that the industry has gone, whoa, that that makes sense. Um, because for, for people who are just, you know, about to leave the house, <laughs> which again, mm-hmm. maybe aren't doing as much these days, but... Um, you know, being able to throw those into a pocket and off you go is just uh, super convenient. And there's, there's a big question, I think on everybody's mind as to what the best, you know, true wireless noise canceling head uh, IEMs are, are true, just true wireless IEMs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, from the stuff that you've experienced, what, what do you think? I'll ask Precog the same question, actually.
1: (laughs) Uh, I mean, the one that I use the most is AirPods Pro. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's a good, it's a good decent sound. It's not super exciting. And I'll be honest, like I don't listen to music on them very much. Mm-hmm. Most of my Bluetooth usage is podcasts or YouTube, right. um, but they're good sounding. I think if I was purely listening to music, I prefer the galaxy buds plus, mm, okay. um, but I don't use those daily as much largely because they're just so easy to accidentally touch the play buttons when I'm putting them in my ears. Right.
0: I haven't had a chance to uh, to hear those yet, but I know, I'm pretty sure uh, Android has been all about them. So I don't want to... Yeah, the Galaxy Buds are
2: good. They're really good, actually. Like, yeah. unexpectedly good to the point of which they compete with a lot of wired stuff at that price point.
0: <laughs> it's funny, I was, uh, I was defending... Uh, I was defending the Harmon tuning, uh, sort of, um, in some... Forums. How dare you? Yeah, in some, <laughs> in some forum discussion. Um, not so much what the result was, but more the... Um, more the 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 method i guess um mm. and uh i think one of the criticisms was like use the you know samsung galaxy buds as like that was the foil i suppose and uh, <laughs> and then uh i think and I think I mistakenly said, yeah, that's probably not appropriate for us audiophiles. And then Android corrected me by saying, actually, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so it's, it's not bad. Yeah. Oh, there he is. He's in the chat right now.
2: D-Buds <laughs> Pro is coming out, but it.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe it may be totally appropriate. Um, okay, so I'm now going to turn it over to the chat. We've been going for about an hour. Or so um, guys, if you guys have questions for um, Super or Precog or myself, uh, leave it in the chat. Uh, chat and leave a question mark that way we know uh that it's a question um <laughs> gary cole what's up man <laughs> he says harman 2013 or 2018 you guys know my answer to that and it's i use a combined version of the two <laughs> do you uh, actually on that subject uh super uh we didn't actually get into it but do you have a prefer like a specific target curve that you really like or do you just not care about target curves or
1: yeah uh, I, I haven't put enough, like, I've never sat down with a pen and paper and tried to like draw out my preferred target curve. I think the Moondrop Blessing 2 is probably the closest. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think the trouble is probably where it deviates from what would be my preference, but yeah. I, I, I think that's about ideal for me.
0: Wait, Blessing 2 or Blessing 2 Dusk? Blessing 2. Ah, you were more about Blessing 2 than Dusk. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's got a little bit more mid-range warmth and body to it that to me makes it it doesn't sound like the hd600 but i think it's a little bit like it kind of closes that gap whereas i think the dusk i like the dusk a lot but the dusk uh, it just gets a little bit lean in the midrange for me
0: in the in the upper mids or in the lo- uh the lower mids the yeah lower mids. so where the contour is there slightly. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i know what you're talking about yeah yeah um yeah i, I could i could see that oh android's gonna send me the G Buds plus <laughs> maybe um yeah, actually i wanted to just sort of mention that as well though that like you know as for all of the squabbling that gets done online about what the ideal target curves are the the other side of this is that like we can just like listen to headphones and enjoy different types of tunings like just because something doesn't match a target curve that doesn't mean we're not going to enjoy it that's sort of been my take on a lot of this stuff like yeah, i like Six Hundred and Fifty, mentioned... but it does not match <laughs> especially in the bass
1: right so yeah you you mentioned the the campfire aura. Oh yeah. That, yeah. I don't I don't know what curve that matches, but um, it does not. Yeah. No. But I, I I I listened to the one that Precog had a couple months ago. You liked I like, it, uh, didn't you? Right? I, I thought it was pretty decent. I think yeah. the the quality of the bass shocked me.
0: It's it's yeah. for a BA and it's not yeah. elevated at all in the bass, but like no no it it, uh, it was definitely tighter and I was expecting for a BA. No. Yeah. Um, and uh still
2: not enough, still not enough. <laughs> it's just
0: it's uh it's also got the as Kryn calls it the wibbly wobbly mids which uh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a bit of an issue but I like the treble on it I thought it was great and I don't even think it's uh even a remotely close comparison between the um I'm I'm, I'm firing shots over at Kryn here he knows what I'm talking about <laughs> no, no the what? uh the uh the Empire Ears Zeus which I think was the comparable and I just don't think that's even on the same in the same uh, ballpark but um the zeus is just so strange sounding <laughs> um all right let's see let's uh let's get into some of these uh questions um will any of you check out the gold planer gl 2000 hype is fire right now that is something i do not recommend um I think I you ha-
2: just reviewed that too right
0: yeah yeah he did um okay so like it's not it's not terrible actually um but um the problem is the sundara exists and I don't see any reason why, especially the 2020 or whenever that the pad change happened with the Sundara. Um, yeah, I don't really see a reason to go for the gold planer. Um, if this you know, if you could just get a Sundara, especially with the default tuning with the default tuning on the GL2000, it's really weird sounding. Um, I don't know if you have, have you had a chance to try it. No, I've not. Yeah, no, I, I, I the, the weird thing about that is that like there are two versions. One of them is single sided, one is double sided, and it's totally unclear which is which. So what is the sided reference? Sorry, sorry for the for the magnets for the because it's okay. you know, planar magnetic, and so you know yeah. there's a single sided one which would be developed one way, and then there's magnets on both sides, which in theory should be better, at least if you know tradition has told us anything. But um, so my feeling is that I have the double sided one because it's heavier. It's it's I mean it feels heavier than the Sandara, and the Centara is single sided. Not that they're. The same but um just I, I suspect i have the double-sided one um and that is not it is not competitive um at, at its price point that's that's really okay. the problem um let's see more more questions that <laughs> pre-cog do you do you see anything that you best i oh this is for both of you guys here best i am under four hundred dollars and under a thousand dollars
2: well i'd say dusk for under 400
1: then Super would probably say blessing too, right? That's that's right. Yeah, I mean those yeah. two, those two. I yeah. you could take either one. Like yeah, they're interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, and it's I, I can't think of anything at that price range or lower that I like as much or really nearly as much.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: under a thousand? Uh, oh, that was the other part of that
1: question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
2: that's still haven't me, heard the. Oh yeah, go i was just say for me
1: it would be the moondrop s8 but i haven't heard a ton to be frank uh in between that price range okay
2: yeah i still need to hear the monarch and clairvoyance yeah yeah i would say andro but it's like 1100 technically so maybe i guess m9 sony iron m9 that's really solid but yeah
0: for me it's probably the clairvoyance
1: um it's the warmer one
0: it's no nah, it's hard to say i mean it's they're not really warmer it's like um because the, the the monarch is like way more sub basey with a bigger mm-hmm. base shelf uh the clairvoyance is the one that's a lot more like balanced um well mm-hmm. i say a lot more they're very similar but it's more balanced um and then the clairvoyance also has better treble extension at least on the one the unit that i have so we'll send him over to P- precog and get it measured on his coupler because i use the the uh RA0402, which is different from the ra mm-hmm. Um But yeah, uh, the, and then the other one for me would be the SA6. I really, I don't know. the SA, It has the U12T tuning. So, like, to me, I'm like, I love sucker that. For like, it already. I was yeah. Sucker for it Yeah. <laughs> I love that tuning. It's just, especially because, like, I listen to a lot of garbage and like there's certain <laughs> recordings where like the elevated ear gain there can for like you do know, say more technically neutral IEMs can be a bit much and the SA6 and the U12T they just sort of like relax that section just a little bit so it helps with like electric guitars and stuff like that um okay let's see um and actually by the way I'm, I'm just, I just gotta say I'm glad that there's there's a uh, you know a, a blessing to proponent over the over the dusk uh because i think there's a lot of people who like they bought the blessing two, and then like this same year Crin comes out with the dusk and <laughs> like oh, ah yeah. what <laughs> why do you have to do that to yeah, us so it, it's it's good that there's like you know a balanced you know um yeah perspective um Crin says sandara is better than the gl 2000 i completely
1: agree um I think crin had i think he confirmed that he had the single sided version i remember I remember I asked you I didn't yeah. know what single sided versus double sided reference, but i think I remember his review calling out single sided
0: yeah the you know the other weird thing about the g l two thousand is that it has two pads. And they do measure a little differently. They're very similar, but a little differently. But like when you take the pads off, it's over, it's over there. I'd show it otherwise. But when you take the pads off, there's this like weird felt material that just falls out. Like just it's supposed yeah. to be stuck onto the driver, but it's not held there by anything other than oh. the pad. So it's a it's a real bugger to try and swap pads and and measure it around because you got to do that four times. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's it can can be difficult enough to tell the difference between pads if like yeah. you make that process take twice as long.
0: Oh god, there's well that, but then also even just even just because I, I was trying to measure it right, so I have you know two different <laughs> measurements of different you know pads and stuff like that. But um, and one of the pads, like the I think the um, non-solid leather, like it's like a yeah, this is like the solid leather pad for it here. And then there's also the hybrid pads. And I thought the hybrid pads did a little better for the tuning, but in both cases, the mids were super hazy and grainy. And like the, the normally like planers do a really good job of instrument separation. And I, and this one didn't like, it was like somewhat smeared there for like the overall instrument separation there. So, um, and just comparing it directly against the Sundara. No, not even close. Um, okay, uh, we've got tons of questions here. This is good. <laughs> um, s- uh, someone's asking, uh, Super, what is your Grail headphone, the best headphone you've heard? Wait, or the best headphone you've heard? Now, we've covered that kind of, but, like, um, yeah. Uh, I guess Grail headphone is, uh, like, the holy grail of headphones
1: for you. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I, uh, my Grail headphone would be an IEM that sounds like this, I guess, with better <laughs> bass extension. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm just trying to
0: think. Like, like, have you heard the Focal headphones, like the Clear and the?
1: Uh, I've only heard the Clear. Okay. Which was solid, but like, I like I like the Sennheisers better. Um, yeah. I've heard the Sennheiser H, HD 800, not the S, mm-hmm. which I liked quite a bit. But um, I heard that it's sort of that same uh, head-to-head that I was doing with the other the 600 series, and right. this was more comfortable generally.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um so uh i'm just trying to think if i mean at some point it'd be awesome if you could review the clear um just to see if because like a lot of people say that the clear is like you know if you take a hd 600 or you know 650 and you upgrade it um mm. you know that's like the most straightforward upgrade path i yeah. i don't know to me they're they are a little different though because i mean in as far as like the driver anatomy it's very different um the vocals use this the sort of like the hybrid style whereas the um sennheiser's are more traditional um but also like the punch and slam is different and it's a different way of of handling detail as well so um yeah um i'd be curious what your thoughts are on on that um to see if yeah
1: i'm interested in checking that out i'm also interested in like the so my friend has the the k1000s which Uh, (laughs) uh, frequency you know fr wise you know obviously have some deficiencies but that's a really fun sound and like the experience of listening to those is really unique so like yeah if someone can do that with bass extension that would be cool (laughs) yeah
0: um i'll see oh we can see if we can uh you know get you to review something else like maybe a Focal Clear or a Utopia or something like that we can send one down to Precog and he can you know <laughs> right, up, right on make something like that happen cuz smuggle you know, it in yeah 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 <laughs> um because yeah actually the Utopia is another one that's kind of like I, there's a weird com- like yeah uh comparison with the HD 600 there in my mind that like for people who like the HD 600 sound i imagine there's some similarity with the uh, Utopia um All right, let's see. Um, Super should just use the perfect ant droid IEM target, trademarked as his preference curve. (laughs) Um,
1: I will do that. If anyone ever asks me to tune an IEM, I will use somebody else's uh,
0: tuning target. (laughs) I would probably use Kryn's for that. I don't know, Precog, what's your... Do you have an ideal target?
2: Not really, no. I, I like U12Ts, but... Even I recognize that it has some some issues here and there. Like the, it's not, the upper uh, mid range bit y- dip. But yeah, like yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that personally.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. That's the thing. Like, and this is like it, it kinda it goes against the grain a little bit, but like I like stuff that isn't necessarily perfectly matching the targets, and I like stuff that's mm-hmm, not yeah. perfectly neutral, right? Like yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Uh I just ask Zeos he feels the GL2000 is better than this so far. Up. <laughs> oh dear. Oh no. <laughs> well that's fun. Um to super bel- okay yeah we already got that uh to super belief he's in using specific IEMs for specific genres or is he going for the best all-rounder?
1: Yeah, people will often ask me. I don't I'm sure you get the same thing. Like right? people are asking you for headphone earphone recommendations all the time and they'll a lot of the time start with the genres that they listen to Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and i have a hard time personally making genre-based recommendations um i mean i feel like even i don't know all genres are definitely you know within a let's say the rock genre they're not all mastered and recorded the same like even within a given artist album to album can sound different Um, So I generally have a hard time with that kind of framing of this is a good EDM headphone or this is a good uh, classic rock headphone. I think my only exception is like there are, um, I listen to a lot of erasure. And uh, it's like this analog synth, and so there's certain there are certain earphones where like I like the way the analog synth mixes with it. Mm. I think BAs like BAs do it pretty well, uh, where they might they might miss some of the 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 texture and timbre of a more natural instruments. So like there's like maybe an exception, but it's not really genre specific. It's more like erasure specific. Okay.
0: That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that because, you know, people often complain about the BA or I I complain about it, you know, and it's interesting that you've found something that actually pairs well with it specifically. Yeah, (laughs) that's kind of cool. Somebody's asking uh, what uh, what cable are you using for your HD 600? And
1: actually, I'll I'll
0: follow that up with um, are you a are are you a cable proponent?
1: (laughs) That's right this is a, a high quality cardis uh no, no this is just some cheap 30 dollars cable i got on aliexpress um, <laughs> does it for me
0: make the sound better
1: <laughs> no no for me cable is all about uh convenience and, and tactile feel yeah. and i wanted something that was shorter right. and wasn't stiff so this is it
0: nice nice yeah uh i'm, I'm, on, I'm in the same boat i think uh you know Cables are worth it if the ergonomics and aesthetics
1: are something that you like. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not opposed to paying $100 plus or $200 for a nice cable, but it's not because it makes it sound better. Yeah, at least not my experience. Yeah, no.
0: I I just yeah. That's the thing. Is like I think there's a lot of this. I I love your like high-res placebo thing because like (laughs) I think there's a lot of that that. um, that goes into this where people convince themselves and just other biases that we don't even think about. Like I, I'm susceptible to this as well. I think everybody is. And, um, but that's one that I think is like, you can keep trying, like keep swapping cables. And uh, yeah, at least I've never experienced that that difference.
1: Yeah. I mean, if it makes a difference for some people, I'm totally happy to accept that. Like, I'm not going to have arguments about it, but I'm not going to spend my money trying to do that.
0: I I loved uh, Matt Economist's take on this where he said, (laughs) um, you know, just because it doesn't change anything acoustically, that doesn't mean that it doesn't make things sound better to people who believe in it. Right. Mm -hmm. Same thing with cited biases and stuff like that. I mean, I, I think a lot of that has to do with attention because you're paying attention to things that you probably weren't, if you weren't thinking about that as a difference maker. Um, but um, And you could do that same thing if you just pretended that there was a difference. I don't know, (laughs) but it's a different mental process. I I think probably. Um, Okay. uh, Something else. Here's questions about DACs and amps. Actually, what's your go to um, source equipment, I guess, like DAC amp stuff for the HD 600.
1: Example. oh for the 600 it, not nothing fancy i just have a, a shit modi and a valley like the tube amp yep. which i chose specifically for the the reason that it glows and it gets warm
0: <laughs> you got to try it off of something like this like, you can't really see it behind me here with this yeah like, sound, Kenzie,
1: the i'm, I'm <laughs> very i'm very interested in, in in dipping a little bit more into tube amps um but i i guess I guess I don't have a. You should. You should tell me. You should give me some suggestions if I want to spend <laughs> I don't know five six hundred bucks on a tube amp. What should it's, I get? It's tough. Is because, that enough? I don't know.
0: Yeah, like that's that's. It's tough. Um, I know Tyler's probably going to recommend the bottlehead crack. He's. I don't know if he's still in, yeah. the, comments, in the chat. You have to build that one, don't you? Yeah. yeah I think. I think wow. so. Yeah. Or I mean, I'm sure you can get one that's you know already yeah. assembled. But um, I think the problem is that for the stuff that makes a real tangible difference. There's a big barrier to entry as far as price goes, because like, you know, the every, all the Ampson Sound stuff, like the Kenzie, the Pendant, well, that's ZMF, but like, all, you know, that stuff is all like two grand plus, plus. and it is, it like, I'm gonna spoil my review of it because it's coming out, you know, soon. But uh, the coolest experience that I've had with headphones, with dynamic, sorry, with dynamic driver headphones, is off of this, is off of that that, that amplifier, and I may even. I may even buy it. It's that cool. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, but at the fi- but this was gonna say is the the problem ends up being that like so much of the stuff that's more affordable, the differences aren't that. At least in my experience, the differences aren't that significant. Like I know there's like the Dark Voice and stuff like that, and you know, real heavy flavor stuff, including the some of the OTL like Bottlehead stuff, which is probably worth playing around with. But I don't think it's the same kind of experience. Mm. Um, and um, so, I mean, my uh, my recommendation would be probably uh, also along the bottle head line. I think that's probably a way to go Damn. around the $500. I don't, I, I'm not sure how expensive those are. But um, given that you have to make it yourself, I mean, <laughs> I think that has yeah. got to be part <laughs> of the fun of it. Um, I would oh, I would recommend this. Bottering gives me anxiety. Oh, I know. That's why I can't. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, the cayenne ha1 mark ii <laughs> ha1a mark ii um it would be a recommendation um as long as you have some way of like ensuring that it's on a different like table or somewhere other than where you're normally using it because like if i if i have it plugged in here and i just tap or if i even just like hit the cable on something you hear the vibrations in it so mm-hmm. it's extremely microphonic on the amplifier Um, but it is really
1: versatile or something
0: yeah something uh, i don't know how to fix it it does have these the feet on the bottom so maybe yeah rubber mat underneath um but the cool thing about it is that it's got so many different impedance selections that you can use Mm. and in my experience most of the actual sound changes that warm things up with these comes not from the tubes necessarily but from the output impedance differences um and then i was this is why i was so surprised with the It's, it's output impedance are 32 and um, 300. And when I use the, and in both cases, while in, using the 32 ohm, it didn't change the frequency response at all. Like it's dead on neutral, completely identical to a solid state source. With 300 ohm, it's like the base gets boosted below 200 hertz by like one dB. So in both cases, it's very, very, very neutral, which surprised me um, quite a bit. So um, and that's not the case on the Cayenne. Um, it does you know boost, and depending on the headphones that you're using, like if there's a fifty ohm uh, or yeah, fifty hertz uh, impedance bump or something like that. Um, but I do think also to keep in mind with that is the synergy with the headphones that you're using. So for the HD six hundred, I know there are people who are doing who are doing the bottlehead stuff specifically. Yeah, um, and I think that's probably why I would recommend that as well. Anyways, that was long winded. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see most. Accurate vocal tonality in IEMs
1: or headphones? What do you guys think? I thought that the was the ac- dusk. The word accurate, so...
2: Yeah, but accurate is relative, of course, to what you hear. <laughs> and that's the big, like, rabbit hole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I would go almost with the Blessing 2 and Blessing 2 dusk on those as well. Yeah, I
2: thought it was the dusk. Like, the, the ear gain on it, the way it gains, and then the just the way it slopes is just... Very, very accurate to what I've heard in real life, at least in my personal <laughs> experience.
0: Probably accurate depending on the environment that you're hearing the vocal. Yeah, extent. of course that <laughs> too. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'll also give a shout out to ER4, which I don't yeah. actually listen to that much, but um, what I like about the ER4 is the, the mid-range and the vocal tuning is really good.
0: Gotcha. Um, okay, I'm not sure how much you guys have followed this, but the hi her R10 10 and R10P, the Planar um, Sony MDR uh, R10. The question is: uh, Is this a tribute or a blatant copy? <laughs> uh, what do you guys think?
1: I might, Spicy. Feel, yeah, I might feel different about it if I, like, I had history with the Sony, right. um, but I didn't. I was not familiar with the Sony until the Hyphen was announced and. So it, it very clearly looks, I mean, they even named it the same thing. I don't know how they, <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems weird, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'd be more, more frosty about it. If uh, uh, it was a headphone that I had experience or history with. Right. Um, I mean,
2: personally, I don't, yeah, I don't really care. But like some of the stuff that Fang Yan, I think was saying, like if you read the translation, what he was saying was, I checked, they cannot sue us for this because the copyright or whatever is like, it's expired. Of, the
0: patent expired, expired. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I, I don't know. That, that just struck me the wrong way. Kind of. But, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Cause it's not about whether or not you can get sued for it. It's more about the, the, the principle and the positioning, yeah, right. like exactly. how this looks in the eyes of prospective buyers. Right. Yeah. You know, um, that's, yeah. We're, it, we're it's wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, I'm inclined to agree. Like I, to to me, if if it sounds good, I don't care. I'm mm-hmm. totally like, uh, the original H E R ten didn't sound very good. So <laughs> I, that's we the didn't? other no. Oh I, wow,
2: that's I the it was other to sound like so no, good or something. No, okay. I mean
0: it was it was uh very it was a legendary headphone, but that was so many years ago, and back yeah, okay. when people had no idea what headphones were supposed to sound like. So, I mean, these days we now have so many. Better headphones than that and that the R10, even 10 years ago we had better headphones than the R10. So, uh, it that's the other really weird reason to. <laughs> I mean maybe he's going specifically after the, like, the market that is old enough to know what that headphone meant back then and say and say hey here's a you know, envisioned version of that, which um yeah the frequency response is also really weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how, how long how long before uh hyphen h-e-m-50x is
0: uh i want them to do that. that got hyphen fang do it <laughs> <laughs> h-e-m-50x let's let's make it happen <laughs> yeah. um yeah okay um yeah that's kind of my take as well but, like i don't care about the the whole debate about like um you know is it a is it a ripoff is it you know is it a tribute if it sounds good, that's all that matters to me. Um, but yeah. Um, let's see. I'm really interested to know if the Fio FH5 for $260 is an affordable little brother to the Theodio Monarch. Chronicles graphs make their frequency response similar.
2: Um, have you heard that? I have one? supers right now, but Apparently. it's got a channel imbalance. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. 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 That's too but, bad. I mean, it does... I can tell it sounds pleasant, like mm. nice, warm and pleasant, but yeah, I can't tell exactly because I also haven't heard the amount uh the that'll be, either.
0: That'll be over to you soon. So Yeah. Probably early, well, early I, next week, something like that. Um I'm also sending I you thought- some campfire IEMs, so
2: Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Should be fun. Oh dear. Yeah.
0: Um have you heard the FIO super? Uh,
1: yeah so like it's it's yours obviously yeah he's got he's got mine. i i hope that it didn't have a channel imbalance when i heard it because i thought it sounded decent (laughs) um but yeah i think the the base presentation is pretty solid the mid-range is um a little bit on the warm side and like it's pretty nice but it's maybe a little bit dark up top for my tastes yeah um so it can be a a little dull but it's nice Mm -hmm. Uh, i prefer in that price range something like the jvc fdx one which is clearly a more brighter more, yeah it's a but brighter
0: yeah i mean the other yeah. side of it too is that like that's not that far off from the blessing too right, right? you could save a little bit more and then get something that's like really good you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah i could see someone potentially preferring the fh5 if like base is their yeah. their priority um yeah
0: but also now the um
1: there's the the audio l legacy 4 Oh, well, yeah, give it to, to Super. Have you had a chance to listen to it yet? I listened to it a bit this morning. Yeah. I would not put it in that same conversation personally. Okay. Cool. Uh, it's not bad, though. It's good. Yeah. But just different
0: yeah. different kind of sound.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: qu- what is the quickest way to 20,000 subs? Asks Chronicle because he's starting a YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, review an iPhone. <laughs> uh, review the Apple dongle. Like, do it do it crin style that'll that'll be good talk about Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or uh challenge jake paul to a boxing match okay yeah
0: i think we should have like a we should have like the headphone boxing matches you know people have like strong enough disagreements they have to no just kidding.
2: Oh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'll get tyler in my corner <laughs> um Okay, let's see.
1: I think Krin- I was gonna say EQ versus no EQ. EQ which exactly. Case, Ty- yeah, yeah. Ty- Tyler would not be Tyler. in the corner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and he would win the fight too. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Crane will be fine. He'll get 20k subs pretty quick. Um, let's see. Manger T, Fearless Tequila. Sub four hundred dollars. Yeah, don't have no. Oh, so Precog has done a review of the Fearless Tequila. Did you do the Manger T?
2: No, people keep asking me about that, though, because it's a 4-balanced uh, armature 1DD hybrid as well. Okay. So I, I, I do kind of want to get that in eventually, but
0: yeah. You know, it's funny. I I remember reading one of Crin's reviews where he likened something. He said it to Mangard T. He said it had a kind of Mangard T kind of tuning, and I thought to myself, is this some sort of IEM descriptor that I don't understand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was actually referencing a specific IEM. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, like the equivalent of milk toast <laughs>
1: yeah. i haven't i haven't heard the mangard i did hear the the tequila uh, via precog for a bit i wouldn't I, how much how much is that actually i don't even know what the Dude, price it was, was like
2: 400 i think something like that yeah
0: if you even if you look at the frequency response of that it doesn't look like any frequency response ever no, like no. it is the strangest <laughs> no. frequency response i've ever seen um, it has detail that that's good
2: it has... Yeah, know, yeah, the lower mid-range. Lower mids, a little yeah, bit, yeah. But the ear gain and everything is just wonky after that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, actually, I totally for- forgot. You got a... The uh, ZMF Aeolus and otour would be good upgrades to the HD 650 and 600.
1: Yeah, Those the O'Tour is actually... That was one I I pinned or... I, yeah, I picked out from looking at Chronicles graphs when he yeah. updated the graph That's earlier. one of my favorite headphones, too. It's the
0: O'Tour's yeah. So my one complaint with the Verite is that it's not an a tour on steroids, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, let's see. We'll do a few more questions here. We've been going for about an hour and a half. So yeah, a couple more. Um, do you think balanced interconnects? Oh, okay. balanced interconnects or balanced outputs. I'm just going to add that. Did it, is there a benefit to balanced beyond just power?
1: I mean, I, I understand like the, the electronics or the, like, the electrical uh, objectivity explanation for why it's better. Yes, uh, I don't, in my experience, it doesn't really apply to mm. the length of cable that I'm running. Um, so personally, no, I actually kind of steer away from balance generally mm. just because it's less compatible. And right. like, I like the simplicity of
0: 3.5. I never understood balanced, the need for balanced outputs on dApps unless you're like I do get it if you're using over your headphones and yeah but for IEMs I don't maybe someone can fill me in on why people will buy balanced cables for IEMs I and like go with balanced everything
1: I mean the why is it there there is an objective measure of why it is better but is it perceptible is it a thing that you're likely to encounter in your life i don't think so well
0: but so in theory the main benefit there is more power right more like you can you can have more power with a balanced output but i don't know why that matters for iem's
1: yeah i mean i think that's like the practical benefit that you get with most apps and that's more to do with just the way that they're you know architected internally there's no reason you couldn't have a a single-ended that's just as loud as a balanced, right? It's just kind of down to the amplification and how you design that. Yeah. Um, the the theoretical advantage of balanced, right, is that if there are interferences, electronic yeah, yeah, interferences yeah. and stuff that happen, but like that less crosstalk and whatever else. And yeah. Balance. But that's yeah. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. With a four foot cable.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my take on this has always been with, at like least for like desktop amps, like this one right here, there's a toroidal transformer in here that handles the balanced output, so if you want to get if you want to make use of that you got to use the balanced output but it's not about the fact that it's balanced it's about that's what this amp was designed to do so like whereas the single-ended ones are not they're not using that so at least as far as i understand i took a look at the opened up you know (laughs) photo of it but in general like i think it's more about yeah the the output specifically um and you know the design of the amp not necessarily balanced versus single-ended you know inherently um, okay, let's see. Is there, oh, I mean, I guess I see why. Um, someone says there's a huge difference when you go balanced with the HD6XX. Um, and again, I would say that it all depends on the amplifier. If you have an amplifier with a balanced output and you're going from the single ended one to the balanced one, the balanced one is most likely going to sound better, unless it's just tacked on there for convenience, because some of them are, um, like a 4 pin or something like that. But like with a specific, ba- fully balanced, you know, amplifier the balanced output is most likely going to sound better. Um has Andrew heard the flux of flux labs? I have heard of it. Yeah, but I have not reviewed them. Um oh okay. Uh hey super. I'm in SoCal too. SoCal uh peeps. Southern California. <laughs> yeah. Uh do you guys... <laughs> Okay, I'm like. Do you smoke OG when, listen, when you listen to music?
1: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay, I'm actually glad you you called out that question because I saw it in the chat, but I, I didn't I didn't answer it. Um, no, the answer is no. But it's funny. I, one of my favorite comments I ever got on YouTube, and, and maybe you'll appreciate this, Andrew, was someone just mentioned said, "I can't tell if he's high or Canadian." <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but no, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, it's funny because like so many people on, like I see it all the time on comments and stuff like that. They go, uh, people will say like, "Oh wow, um, your, pronunci- your pronunciation, your pronunciation I wouldn't. It was correct. I didn't. I would never have expected that from an from an American." And I go, "I'm not American," <laughs> like, but I, I I assume that my Canadian accent comes through when I say a boot and sorry and oh darn oh bother <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh darn yeah. it <laughs> but uh maybe not strongly enough
1: it depends, um, it depends on your frame of reference too like I, I think most people in the the north america have a hard time picking apart australian and british accents right yeah so i'm sure to a british a british person yeah. that's not difficult yeah yeah so.
0: um i've got a pretty easy time with australian and new zealand the difference between those mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah, uh, let's see. Okay, a couple more, guys, couple more. Uh, somebody says, uh, oh, yeah, Precog, thanks for replying to my question on the DUNO Essay 6 review. Uh, just click purchase five minutes ago. Wicked, hope you like Yay. the DUNO Essay 6. Um, yeah, um, hope you guys, well, I hope Super gets to
1: do a video on that.
0: I've done the Essay 6. Oh, you did, right, okay. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I liked it. I, I think the biggest problem for the Essay 6 is the Essay
0: Ah, see I haven't done the S eight, so I need to do the S eight now. Yeah. How much is the S eight? Uh,
1: seven hundred. Okay, oh, it's so so a little still more a expensive. different price yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And and uh, I mean that's also in Monarch and Clairvoyance territory, so yeah. the audio twins. Uh do you still prefer I think this is just for for I mean this might be for me. Do you still prefer the ZMF Verte closed over the ZMF Rate open? I do not have the ZMF verte closed. But I would like if, if I were to buy a Verite today, it would be the Closed, just because I like the convenience of closeback, you know. Um, and I, I bought the Verite when the closeback was not available yet, so <laughs> so yeah, that would be my, my choice. Um, oh, okay, here's a question for, well, it's a question for me, but I'm going to redirect it at, at Super. Um, so the question is, what camera do you use to film? And I'm gonna throw this over to Super and ask. You know, you used to do photography and stuff like that. So, what's your go-to camera stuff?
1: <laughs> I mean, for for most of my productions, I use uh, Panasonic Micro Four Thirds cameras. GH5. Um, is the it's yeah, it's like the lower end versions oh, okay. of GH5. This is the G7 and oh, the okay, G yeah. G85. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I use that stuff uh, generally it's super easy to use the only downside is that autofocus isn't the best so that's why i don't move around a lot <laughs> right
0: i love that guy uh, camera conspiracies channel for
1: oh yeah. Like, he's yeah he's hilarious he's great yeah. <laughs> I, what i love about him and are you into photography like the oh yeah that you watch time. that channel is cha- okay cool. time, yeah. what i love about his channel is that like it is the greatest like rebuke of a lot of why I got out of photography was yeah. that there's just so much f- just obsession with this stuff that like getting really into the details of things like oh this is autofocus is better oh I can't do that because the screen doesn't flip out and he's just like a parody of that which is yeah. awesome
0: well and also it's a parody for real life. yeah and also everything for him is just terrible <laughs> yeah and you yeah. know yeah. um and then he also is he's not afraid to say that it's user error. Um, yeah. But uh, no, I, I use the uh, Fuji X-T4 right now. But um, I think if I had to do, like if I was planning on doing the YouTube stuff when I bought a camera system at the very beginning, it would have been the something within the Sony uh, system or I mean Canon, yes, but Canon has, as Casey or Kelsey or whatever his name is from the, from uh, Camera Conspiracies points out, they have the cripple hammer problem. But I'd I'd probably go with uh, I'm just expecting it to like fly in from the side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Uh, probably something with the Sony ecosystem because the autofocus is really good on that, and mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to just you know not have to worry about that. Whereas even oh. with the Fuji system, I got to worry about that, you know, a little bit. And I think with the Panasonic's, you, you do as well. So,
1: yep. Um, here, here I'm using a Nikon Z6. However,
0: oh, you uh, are. I've got oh.
1: I've got a an old manual Olympus lens on it.
0: A Nikon Z6. That's uh, that's good. <laughs> Wait, is that the one that that has a uh, 10 bit if you record externally?
1: I think it does. I haven't done that. Okay. Okay. Like I, I've, this is I think the first video usage I've used. I've used it for. Yeah,
0: looks good. <laughs> um, okay, uh, okay. Two more, two more questions, then we'll call it. Uh, when do you expect the do New Zen review? Actually, this is a good question for both of you guys. So Precog's, it's on, it's on his horizon. It's on my horizon. And for you, Super, is the Zen something that you're, you're thinking about? from Dunu.
1: yeah i'm i'm very interested in it i know it seems like i don't don't know if it's just coincidence but it seems like there was a handful of these single dynamic driver earphones that kind of come out around the same time the illumination the zen uh, and then file even has like the fd5 Um, right yeah yeah so Dunu's asked me about the interest in the zen so i'm definitely interested but i'm not sure i don't think i have a a schedule for receiving one or anything
0: Okay. I'm curious as to your thoughts. Um, the I thought the illumination was pretty good for the tuning. Um, kind of reminded me of like a 650, I think I said. Um, <laughs> but um, so far, like out of all the dynamic driver IEMs that I've heard, the Zen is probably the one that I would get if I were to get one. But see, the problem that I see with a lot of this stuff right now is that for as much as I appreciate the technical advantages of dynamic drivers, maybe not so much detail, but like, as far as the other aspects, like the physicality and the dynamics and all that stuff. Um, it's, it's also like the tuning for them in many cases, just not quite as meticulously done as it is on, you know, tribrids or hybrids and stuff like that. Um, and even just like, I think talking to, um, to Tom from Dunu about that, I think he was saying that like, it's, it's actually much it's more challenging, harder, right? Yeah, yeah. It's more challenging to do the tuning on dynamic drivers. And I, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the Zen is probably the one that, that I would buy, even though I kind of like the tuning better on the Illumination. The Zen is just – it's like the Illumination does all the stuff in the treble that I want, and the Zen does all the stuff in the bass that I want. So mm. I'm probably more towards the Zen. Mm. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, and also the Dunew's cable system is just That's, so yep, good. It's <laughs> yep. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. And last question last one. Let's find a good one here. Let's see. Um, Okay. This is for everybody. Is there anything um, that you guys are looking forward to in particular from CES this year? Which for me, the answer is uh, um, not really, but um, only other stuff that, that, you know, the companies that I've Tend to follow would potentially announce like if Sennheiser's doing something you know which you know usually all these manufacturers have something in the works for a big a big show like that um but also actually i'm going to follow that up that question up so we'll, we'll answer that i want to follow that up with um you know if certain events start happening again this year would you guys be keen to go to them or is this still something that you're gonna <laughs> maybe not do
1: Oh, I'd be interested in going to a Can Jam or something like that. I've never. You uh, never been to? I it. haven't been. Any, no.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, me too. It's on the list.
0: And uh, the CES, anything for either of you guys? <laughs>
2: mm, not really. I don't really follow yeah. it too closely, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: it's weird. Usually, what I associate with CES is uh, electric cars, televisions, and sex robots. So perfect. <laughs> probably, That's the, awesome. probably the la- probably the latter. Yeah, Curious. not
0: not so headphone related. <laughs> um, even better. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just see one more question here. I'm gonna I'm gonna, yeah, grab it. Can a headphone be great but be tonally bad? My answer is no. But I will throw it over
1: to you guys. <laughs> I guess it depends on what how how easily you throw around the term tonally bad. Yep. Mm like if i'm on like as much as i like the u12t totally it's not my preference and like it's got some funk to it um in my opinion so mm. but i would i would say it's a great sounding earphone
0: so my frame of reference for that would be that tone <laughs> like you can have different tunings that are like maybe not to your preference or to a, what you imagine would be a different preference maybe more something more v-shaped maybe something more linear et etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think there are good and bad ways of doing each of those Mm-hmm. And so I could, I can listen to the Harmonic, mm-hmm. wait, the Harmonic Dyne Zeus somewhere, it's behind me somewhere. And I go yep. that is not at all for my preference, but I don't think that this is tonally bad for someone who likes a warmer sound signature. Whereas there are other things, IEMs or headphones, where something, the, 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 the tonal balance is so wrong that yeah, I would actually say it doesn't matter who you are, it's totally bad. <laughs> Right, Um, you there's a bit of guessing involved in that, right? Because you don't know what people's preference are going to be. But I think if something is like really like, okay, I I know this is a bit controversial, but the campfire cascade is something that I think is just flat out tonally bad, and because of that, I just can't I can't deal with it. The the tequila fearless tequila is another example, right? Yeah, Mm, it doesn't really matter who you are. Like, there's nothing that even remotely resembles no redeeming qualities yeah the you know ear gain or like just even like that's the thing right like as much as there's a lot of subjectivity as far as the experience goes in this stuff there is some commonality as well because we all do have ears at the very Mm -hmm. least at least in like 99 percent of cases (laughs) um so at some level there has to be the 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 pinna effect and the ear effect right and if it completely ignores that or is just super wonky, like some of these, like the Tequila or the Campfire Cascade, then I think, yeah, then I think there's a reason to say it's totally bad. Um, and that does uh, impede uh, greatness. Oh, Chronicle says the LCD-4 as a good example of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can't really say yes or no, because there have been LCD-4s that have been totally fine for their tonal balance and then there have been lcd4s like the late the last one that i measured which was just i don't there was something probably wrong with it actually i i, I would have probably sent that back um so yeah i can't really comment on that um but yeah uh, i think it's as you're saying super it really depends on how you define tonally bad N- is it not to your preference in which case yeah there can totally be great stuff that's not to your preference but if it's like if if you like narrow that definition a little bit to stuff that's really messed up (laughs) right then that probably does impede its ability to be a great sounding thing
1: right like i wouldn't throw around the word bad for the tonality of the u12t even if it's not my preference but some but someone might someone might like yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah exactly yeah um okay i think that's pretty much gonna uh cover it for today Uh, I want to thank everybody in the chat for hanging out and asking your guys' questions. And a big thanks to Precog and Super for joining me on this this live stream. And uh, yeah, we'll be sure to do this uh, again in the future.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah.
2: Bye, everybody. I'm just going to let the stream run out.